following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand of Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it and he bangs it into the touchdown. Here are Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus, Rob Phillips, and Bill Jones. And it is a fabulous football Friday edition of Talking Cowboys inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at the Star in Frisco as we get you set for the Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings Sunday night football this week at AT&T Stadium. Bill Jones along with Mickey Spagnola and Rob Phillips. Much to get to over the course of the next hour or so as uh, we are on TV again this week. We made it another week on Texas 21 in Dallas-Fort Worth. And you better believe it's Talking Cowboys. We are Talking Cowboys. Right. Right. Okay. I'm not sure where you're going with that, Mickey. That means we're getting ready to start. Yeah. And we're starting on time, unlike this team does. Oh, no slow starts from Mickey Spagnola here on Talking Cowboys. That's right. It was on my mind since I wrote that for my column for today. Oh, okay. He quickly pitches his column to the masses out there. Go ahead and uh, pitch your shirt, too, that you got on. (laughs) Pitch your shirt, too. What are you wearing there? It's the Drew Pearson throwback shirt. All right. Very good. He's going Muscle Beach, too. It's about okay. 40 degrees outside. It, and it's about 40 degrees inside the SWBC <laughs> so Mortgage Studios, too. So I'm taking one for the team right you now, are. by the way. All right, so what, uh, let's take a good look at it. Okay, there you go. Rob's it's, got his on. I do. Okay, and it's Drew Pearson as well. Yes. Yeah. So it's the is the Drew Pearson t-shirt the t-shirt of the, of week, the week? Because they're playing the Minnesota Vikings? That's right. Just okay. happened to happen that way, huh? Yeah, that's, that's very nice. And they're trying to explain why down the... Hallway here, where the display is, with the hall, the Hail Mary uh, sequential thirty-six frame display. The stairway to heaven. heaven. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get both of you need to go to the stairway, the Drew Pearson Hail Mary stairway here at the Star, and get your picture taken and tweet it out. Make our pictures. Okay. There you go. That's a wonderful idea. That's we'll good. Afterwards. Yeah. And by the way, the uh, or rivalry. we can run here in a break and run can, back. Uh, can we call it a rivalry between the Cowboys and the Vikings? Do they play often enough to be a rivalry? I thought about that this week. I don't know if you can call it a rivalry, but there have been great moments between these franchises on and off the field. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. very You want to take Rob. it off the field, too. In fact, this is... Wow, I wonder what the date was. Well, it would have been in the month of October. It was October 1989. 30 years removed from the Herschel Walker trade. The most influential trade possibly in the history of sports. Possibly. When you you think about it. It was after the Green Bay game. I I can look it up then. Okay. 1989, you know, and you really you go back to the 70s and the matchups, the not only the Hail Mary, but there were several playoff matchups between the Cowboys and the Vikings in the decade of the 70s as well. And if I remember, Bill, they played them twice that year. In 1975? In 89. Oh, in 89. Okay. Oh, the Packers. Okay. They played the Packers in the season finale, and they also played the Packers on October 8th. So it happened after that because there was a sparring match after the game with Herschel Walker, 
who was feigning uh, no idea that there was a trade going on. So a verbal sparring match uh, in the locker room after the game, post-game? Something. It was with Randy Galloway. Oh, leave it to Randy Galloway to get into a verbal sparring match with someone. And Herschel got the last word. Oh, he did? He said something. Herschel said some remark about, well, you guys are real smart or something like that. And Randy said, well, at least we finished college. And Herschel said, "Whoa!" And Herschel said, "I thought the idea of going to college was to figure out how to make money." <laughs> That's a heck of a comeback, right there. And then, just a few days later, yes. Galloway got the final word yes. through Jerry and Jimmy working the trade, the trade with the Minnesota yes. Vikings. So that would have been and uh, the week of October tenth or so. So it was in that mid yeah. mid October. 30 years ago. Yeah. They made a couple trades around the deadline that year because I was looking it up the last time the Cowboys made trade deadline moves in consecutive years, and I think it was 92. But they made like three that month, and uh, I think that one trumped trumped the others, though, (laughs) in terms of players and significance, for sure. Yeah, the impact uh, leading to uh, the Super Bowl victories. You know, but it's not often that the Vikings come here to play the Cowboys. It seems like the Cowboys have been traveling to Minnesota when they do play. They were The last time the Vikings played here was in 2013, which would have been the year before Zimmer became the head coach, I think. 2014 was his first year. And so, uh, actually, Jason Garrett in his uh, has coached against Mike Zimmer just one time. Is well, no, because Mike missed that game. Oh, that's right. He had the eye surgery, that's right. and he was bedridden. Two thousand sixteen. That's yes. right. Up, up there in Minnesota, it was a seventeen fifteen Cowboys win in that one. Was that the Kyle Wilbur game? Yes. Yes. Kyle Wilbur recovered a fumble down on about the ten yard line, leading to the go ahead touchdown for the Cowboys. That was a that was a rock fight. I think is what I called it yesterday. I think Dak threw for one hundred and thirty something yards, and you know he talked about it yesterday how he feels like he's a much better quarterback now. They do have similar personnel and scheme to when they did three years ago. So that's one reason why they've been able to sustain so much success with Zimmer's defenses. But it's it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to move the ball and score points against yeah, so defense. It was almost a repeat of the Hail Mary score, seventeen fourteen. Yeah. That's right. You know, but the Vikings have only played at AT and T Stadium. Oh, uh, I take yeah. One time, 2013. That's the, it. The previous time that uh, before that, they were six years prior to that. It was when the uh, Vikings came to Texas Stadium in 2007. So, and even before that, you have to go back to 2000. So it's like every once every six or seven years, the Vikings come here. And so, it, so they here recently. So yeah. it's well, I was going to say it's every every time the Cowboys go 13 and three. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, sort of. Wow. Yep. It's going to be a heck of a winning streak. But really, headed that way, Nick. <laughs> but as I alluded to off the top, back in the 70s, the Cowboys played the Vikings in the playoffs in 19, on Christmas Day 1971 in Minnesota. It was a Cowboys win. And then they played in the NFC Championship game in 73, which was a Vikings win, 27-10. to And then in 75 was the Hail Mary game, the Cowboys winning 17-14. And then again in the NFC Championship game, January 1st, 1978, so the 77 season. Of course, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl that year. And then, unfortunately, they played them in the playoffs in 2009, was it? 
It was. Yep, 2009, uh, and that did not go so not well. Turn out so well. That's right. 34 to three was your final score at and Minnesota. And that was the first possession of the game, and Wade Phillips decided to kick a field goal instead of going for it in a fourth and short. And that's what sold it to Mickey Spagnola that you can't win these games with field goals. You have you're to score touchdowns. You're playing this offense that just scores 30 some points a game. Who was the quarterback of that Vikings goal? team? One Brett Favre. Yeah, well, he was. Yeah, he's Brett. pretty good. That's was right. Brett Favre. Yeah. He's pretty good. But also, and this is one final Cowboys-Vikings memory, one of my favorite memories was Thanksgiving Day 1987, which was a 44-38. to uh, overtime overtime game that was actually won by Minnesota. Mike Renfro, I think, had a huge day. That And if that I day. remember, Darren Nelson had the winning touchdown. He ran like 20 or 30 yards for the score, and then he was part of the trade to the Cowboys for the Herschel Walker deal and refused to come here. He mm. said, no, I'm not coming. And Jimmy said, that's fine. I'll take the draft choice. I didn't want him anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> remember, they had the draft choices tra- uh, 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 chained to each one of the guys. And right. if the guy didn't, you didn't keep the guy, you got the, the draft choice. And that's where Mike Lynn screwed up because he thought Jimmy wanted players, players to win right away. That's because Mike idea. Lynn looked at his at Jimmy's roster yes. and said, he needs players. Yes. He's going to take these guys. But no, he, he didn't he, think he'd sacrifice the whole 89 season. No, he had the big picture in mind. So anyway, that's a trip down Cowboys-Vikings memory lane. And when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, how about we dive into this current edition of the Minnesota Vikings? Talking Cowboys. Talking Cowboys continues from inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at the Star in Frisco on Texas 21 in Dallas, Fort Worth. Big weekend, uh, not only at the stadium on Sunday, but there's also a, t- a salute to service plaza party tomorrow on Saturday on Tostitos Championship Plaza. The salute to service plaza party. Enjoy live entertainment, military ceremonies, Dallas Cowboys alumni autographs, and more after the event festivities. The Star will be hosting the top two Madden players as they face off in the EA Sports Madden NFL 20 Club Championship presented by Spire. Rob will have more on that coming up shortly here on Talking Cowboys. So am I to assume this is our salute to service game on Sunday night? It, it would be, yes. So I need to find my Veterans pin? Veterans Day coming up on Monday. That's right. Okay, i got to find my pin to wear. Okay. okay, very good. We'll look forward to that yes. if we listen to you on the pregame if show. If you do. <laughs> Except you won't see me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to announce I'll that say you have I've your got pin, my on. pin yeah, on. Yeah, just tell us. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Alright, let's uh, get up to speed on the news uh, on this team. And let's start with Amari Cooper. What do we hearing on Amari Cooper right now? I didn't listen to Jerry on the fan this morning. I was in Jason Garrett's press conference with you, Mick. Yes. But Jason Garrett sounded hopeful that Amari could do something out there today. Amari told us in the locker room yesterday, Thursday, that uh, that he didn't listen to the doctor. Yeah, he didn't really. <laughs> he wasn't. He couldn't recall the results of the MRI on his bruised knee, but that it he felt like it was a manageable deal. Yeah. 
So obviously there's some optimism that he can go Sunday, right? They're going to do what they can to make him as comfortable as possible during the week, and then he he will play on Sunday. I um, have 100% confidence in that. Okay. 100%. 100%. All right. Any other uh, items on the injury front? Adam Thielen out for the Vikings? Hey, he's been like. out for uh, two practices this week, and I can't imagine that all of a sudden he's going to be fine on Friday and – so I would I would think what they're going to do is I bet they list them as doubtful, questionable, and take it up to game time to see if that thing comes around. Strained hamstring. Yes, a few extra hours since yes. it's a Sunday yes, night game. Yes, yes. Only he played seven plays last week against Kansas yeah, City, and that doesn't bode would, well. Yeah, you would think that they would want to get that thing right before he tries it again. Yep. Yeah, I think the only person the Cowboys will be without is is Cameron Fleming. I think he's still out. It could be another week after this. Too. Yeah, the we'll fact, see. The fact that Van Der Esch is going to practice again today, or expected to at least on a limited basis, that that bodes well for Sunday. It looks like at this point. And and Jeff Heath, I think they're more concerned with uh, him being able to manage that knee with the sti- twelve stitches in it. Uh, he's also got a shoulder going on, um, and it might be one of those things where you can play through the season and then take care of it afterwards. Uh, but they were more concerned uh, with the 12 stitches to make sure he didn't do anything to uh, break the adhesion. And uh, here's the latest on what Jerry Jones did say on uh, the flagship 105.3 The Fan just moments ago this morning. He says he expects Van Der Esch to play after missing last week's game with the neck issue. And uh, Amari Cooper, he's hopeful. He has a total clean bill of health if we were drafting him or signing him tonight. Oh, wait, let me go back to this. When it comes to Cooper and his injured knee, Jones said the wideout has, quote, a total clean bill of health if we were drafting him or signing him tonight. Oh, or trading okay. for him like he did a year ago, there you right? Go. Okay. Should we hold our breath for a new contract? <laughs> okay, there you go. And anything else from Jason Garrett this morning? Not really. Just updating those injuries. I had a question for the host, actually, because you've been in and out this week. Uh-huh. Assuming all of your linebackers are ready to go healthy for this mm-hmm. game. Yeah. What, what, that was going to be my question oh, for well, the panel, too. Well, make right. Bill answer. Go ahead. You ask the question. What do you do with Sean Lee snaps if if LVE, we call him Layton, as Jason Garrett <laughs> said this week, but what do you, what do, you do with Sean's, <laughs> Sean's snaps if everybody's healthy? You know, I like the idea of, um, and, it, and it's very difficult for any of us because we don't know the exactly where Leighton Vander Esch is uh, coming back from that. I mean, if we're going to assume he's 90% ready to go, then you, you would probably assume they would just resume what they were doing before, which is he gets 90% of the snaps at the at the will. I would uh, – yeah, just based on what we've seen from Lee, and I think you have the luxury of easing Vander Esch back in, maybe not give him the full load if you want, you know. And so I would – I would kind of lean that way. I think uh, Minnesota and how they play might answer your question better. Because they like playing a lot of two tight mm-hmm. ends, and so that means you're in standard defense. So that means your strong side linebackers on the field a heck of a lot more. And I'll I'll still maintain this. Maybe he uh, plays more on nickel uh, for Jalen Smith. Uh, maybe they like the way he plays more uh, in in pass coverage or having Vander Esch. You know, he could play in the middle, and Sean can play on the strong side. 
maybe he gets more snaps that way. I just think they have to take advantage of his ability to diagnose things uh, on the field somehow, some way. And with Michael Bennett here now as a third-down pass rusher, the guy can play defensive end and give Demarcus Lawrence a break, I don't think I don't see no need to line up Jalen Smith as a pass rusher standing up on the line of scrimmage as one of the defensive tackles. And when you look at uh, the snap counts from last week's Vikings game against the Chiefs, Kyle Rudolph, their number one tight end, Herb Smith Jr., their number two tight end, Rudolph had 55 snaps and Smith had 43. Their third receiver How last week. How many snaps week, in the game? And like, there were, let me go over to the offensive lineman and I can tell you exactly 71. So 50. 55 of the 71 Rudolph was on the field, 43 of the 71 Smith was. And another gauge on that without having go and play by right. play and seeing who was on the, what packages were on the field. Uh, Laquan Treadwell was basically their third receiver and he had 20 snaps in the game. Now they lost Thielen after seven snaps. So, so he'll play more this week. Uh, and so they had Diggs and B.C. Johnson were their top two receivers as far as snaps go, and Diggs had 63 and Johnson had 59. They also uh, use a third tight end in Tyler Conklin. He had 14 snaps on offense, and their fullback, C.J. Ham had 22 snaps. So there's a lot of 21 and 12 personnel that they use, some 22 personnel as well. They even go three tight ends some. Talking with Will McClay about it, they, they, they're, they're in base a lot more to to your point. And so I think you're going to see those three linebackers, Jalen, Layton, and Sean on the field a lot in this game it's at a good the same point. time. You know, and, go, and going forward, if everybody's healthy, regardless of the personnel groupings you're facing, we've seen them have a bit of a rotation. We saw it last year before Sean got hurt. They would put Vander Esch in for a, a series. And maybe that's something they try to do just to get Sean on the field a little bit more. Mickey's right about sub packages. That's a possibility as well. We've seen that even a few games ago. And last so, year we did it. We saw it when um, Sean Lee was battling injuries early in the season, and, and they were breaking Vander Esch in as well. And so they've got, we've seen examples of it before where they'll, they'll bring in a guy for a series in the base, you know, yep. at the. Just an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not even talking about Joe Thomas, you know. You just, right. You just quoted Chris Richard there. What? He said it, that yesterday. No, he did not. Yes, he did. Embarrassment of riches. And what at the was linebacker, he talking about? At linebacker, linebacker position, yeah. Yeah, because you basically he is a Pro Bowl player, Knock caliber player that you can <laughs> that you can plug in at any point. Not to mention Joe Thomas, who has been a starter in another city and can step in and play pretty much any spot you need at linebacker. All right. More on this matchup with the Vikings when talking cowboys continues in a moment. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Ready? Okay. Give, Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. 
cheer. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command. That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back to Talking Cowboys. Hey, Cowboys Nation, if you're what? in town this weekend, <laughs> make sure to stop by the Plaza Party Madden Championship at Tostitos Championship Plaza starting at 6 p.m. at the Star. Alumni and current players will be making appearances. If you're not in Dallas, don't worry. Make sure to tune into the stream on DallasCowboys.com, YouTube, or Facebook Live. That includes you, Mick. I can watch it? Yes. So we have a specific time now on that Madden 6 championship, 6 o'clock on Saturday evening. So do I watch that or Missouri-Georgia? Well, I was about to Both. ask you what your game time was on your game. 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, Mizzou and Georgia. Mm, good luck with that Prime one. ESPN I think, television. Uh, the Sooners are finally in prime time against Iowa State on Saturday night. Mm. Another big local game is TCU and Baylor. Yes. That's a big rivalry game. Baylor comes in unbeaten, and Gary Patterson's going to have those Horn Frogs ready for him, though, I have a feeling. Who's yep. that, who, who, who's the SMU have? They're playing homecoming at 11 a.m. against a team. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> With players. And um, and I did mention that Oklahoma is playing Iowa State <laughs> at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. Okay, wait a second. Now, since you mentioned it, i got to find SMU. They're playing East Carolina. They're playing Robert Jones' alma mater. That's See how right. we bring it back to the Cowboys? They'll yes. bounce back. They'll bounce back. Dwayne Harris, East Carolina, right? Yes. Okay. Speaking of the – he's with the Raiders now, isn't he? I believe so. They won last night over the Chargers, and at the end of the game, Carl Joseph picked off a pass, I think, and got hurt on the play. And he might—he's having an MRI, might be out for the year. I was just listening to John Gruden; he was talking about him and Lamarcus Joyner. They at the safety position, they already lost their rookie Jonathan Abram, and now in one fell swoop, they may be losing a couple of other safeties. 
in this league, it is so tenuous. Mm-hmm. You know, we were taping a segment with Will McClay, is uh, the film room segment, which you can check out on DallasCowboys.com. Uh, we were waiting while Mickey finished up uh, his little next star thing yesterday in the uh, TV studios here, just talking about. And I was just thinking about Will McClay. I mean, what would it be like? For a GM or a personnel guy with an NFL team, I mean, you you don't know from game to game, from practice to practice, who you're going to have available. Cam Fleming goes down in a practice during a bye week. That's why. You know? That's why Broadus always says when he was in the front office, you hold your breath throughout training camp and preseason to start with, because it, I mean, let's be honest, those games don't mean a whole lot. And so much is riding on it, just the health of your roster, not to mention once the pads come on and how physical this sport is week to week. Well, think about the Vikings. Linville, Joseph, their starting defensive tackle, full practice on Wednesday, Thursday, did not practice. So evidently hurt his knee. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens for to every team around yeah. the league, so it's not excuses for anybody. But I don't remember. But it matters. Yeah, but I don't remember this in the '70s and '80s where uh, guys got hurt like this. Well, it's what a, happened, Bill, was they put them on injured reserve for four weeks, and then they could bring them back, mm. and you could bring somebody else onto the roster, uh, and then they would stash guys on injured reserve to keep their rights with phony injuries, and then the league said, "No, nah, we're not doing this." Now that anymore. was before the salary cap era. Yes. And so the salary cap controls that now. I think what the NFL needs to do is go to a baseball injure, injury um, policy, yeah, basically. Where you're out for a while where, and you yeah, bring you them can, back. Yeah, you can bring them you know, a month or whatever it is. 21-day disabled list. Yeah, whatever. Now, not disabled it's anymore. An injured it's list injured now. list. Yeah. Well, Sorry. Injured reserve is eight weeks minimum. But, but you only but can bring back two guys. guys. Two guys. Two guys, so, and yeah. that is after they've already were on the fifty-three on September first. Okay, uh, two guys could be designated to return. I think it for any everybody, it would make the product better. Mm. You know, and you've invested so much money in these players. But what controls the stashing of the players is the fact every team's got a salary cap. You right. can't spend beyond that salary cap. Those injured players obviously count against the cap. And so I think that's something that they – because you look at the second half of the season, the Cowboys happen to be in really good shape. I was going to say that. Knock on wood, their health is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had a lot of starters banged up. And obviously, you know, Mari is – he's dealt with like four or five different things with his lower body, quad, knee, ankle, Achille, you know, Achilles tendonitis, whatever it was, plantar mm-hmm. fasciitis. But, yeah. Yeah. And – now this large stretch of games coming up in a short period of time is something you got to manage with him. But overall, you know, it's a young team that's been able to stay relatively healthy. See, the, the, the teams were their own worst enemies because they were stashing guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and then in early '90s, before the salary cap, they had independent uh, physicians come to your practices to make sure that guy was really hurt, right? I remember and he that. wasn't out there practicing. Because they would stash guys and then let them practice right. on injured reserve. So now you, you can't do that. So, yeah, they were their own worst enemies, and then the salary cap made a difference. But you would think as much money as, inv- as is invested in these players that the owners would be all about, okay, yeah, if I'm paying this guy $10 million a year and I just lost him because he's got a high ankle sprain in September, I lose him for the entire year because we need the roster spot. Mm. I mean, and when I could have him back by November 1st for the second half of the year, you know. I think what they were trying to do is make it more equitable among the teams 
uh, so that injuries didn't totally destroy? Like you can keep, you might have guys that are somewhat injured and they could practice, and the other team might have four guys that are just dis- but Let's make it fully equitable where a guy can come back when he's healthy. Well, if he comes back December, if he's healthy December 1st, let him come back to this team, and you'd have a much better product on the field. It's too bad you can't have load management like in the basketball. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, yeah. the only, that was a topic of conversation with I Jason know, it Garrett went this right morning. By me. What well, does that mean? You only get 16 of these. You don't get 82 to rest guys, so mm-hmm. it just doesn't apply to this sport. Oh, the oh, because they were they were Kawhi resting, and resting yeah. guys on yeah, which is, back yeah. to backs or whatever. Yep. Yeah, which is yeah, Dak, you know, you've got to play Sunday, <laughs> Thursday. No, we you take Thursday off. We, we're going with Cooper Rush. Okay, last couple of minutes of this segment. Let's dive into the Vikings a little bit. What is it that concerns you the most about the Vikings? Their pass rush. I think I think this is defensively. I think Jason Witten said it. It's probably the toughest test the offense is going to face. Hunter, two sacks in their meeting three years ago. Griffin on the other side. I mean, I'm watching Lyle Collins match up and saying that's that's the one you circle. And he's having a terrific year. He's got to be able to handle him on the edge. And uh, you just look at the Vikings defense, and they're they're just good at every level. Linebacker, secondary. You can't afford to get off to a slow start in this one, Mick. And especially making sure you're sound against the blitz. Because they're going to blitz. I know Mike Zimmer, and mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer loves the blitz. And on third down, my understanding is they will come. They will come with one extra. They will come with two extra. And a lot of times they'll just play zero coverage. And you're man-to-man on the outside, and they're bringing everybody. And you better be sound on your blitz pickups, your blitz cutoffs if you're a receiver, uh, and don't let this quarterback uh, get hit time after time after time. Those two guys that Rob mentioned, uh, Hunter and Griffin, they've totaled 14 sacks in, in, nine, in nine games. And not only that, and I don't know if this number is skewed by who's ever keeping the hits, but they've got 69 quarterback hits. 69. Mm. That's a lot. So they better be able to protect uh, Dak Prescott, and not let those blitzes uh, ruin their offense. And here's the deal, and here's how you beat it. You beat it deep. You burn them. And then all of a sudden they might say, you know what, we better back off because we're not getting there. That's the only way you're going to beat it. Otherwise, they're going to keep coming. I love that matchup of Lyle Collins and the way he's playing this season against Daniil Hunter. He's been He's played at a Pro Bowl conversation level at mm-hmm. right tackle. And, and that's what – He's one of the Hunter and Griffin, two of the probably maybe the best edge rushing tandem in the league or the NFC or right, well, right, the, or right and, up there. And the Cowboys saw with the with what the Packers were doing with the the Smith quote unquote brothers. Uh, you know they had some some and all teams have had some difficulties. They're not brothers. With, yeah, I, <laughs> I tried that line way back when I was covering a basketball game and there were two guys on the team named Smith and I thought I was being cute saying the Smith brothers. <laughs> I get a call from the desk. Uh, those two guys aren't related. I, yes, I know, we know that. I know. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, you talk about what Tank and Quinn mean to this group defensively, mm-hmm. it, and these guys are in the same conversation. It's the same level of play. Really good. All right, we continue with more Talking Cowboys in just a moment.
back to Talking Cowboys. Talking Cowboys continues. DallasCowboys.com and on Texas 21 in Dallas Fort Worth. Bill Jones, Mickey Spagnola, and Rob Phillips. You can give us a call and be a part of the show. 855 Okay, 888-855-2297. Would Come be on. To call. Forgot the area How long code. you been doing 888. this? 855-2297. The numbers changed over the years. They have? Not Since much. Since 2004 when we first did it. We went, well, we changed and then we're back to the old reliable. The old reliable 888-855-2297. So what players do you uh, put in? I, I go, go with, with I go with Emmett and Jason Hatcher, former Cowboy great. 2297. Yeah. I'm going Emmett and uh, Leroy Glover. Okay. Okay. Eight Taco. Five, five. <laughs> <laughs> is that your ver- is that your version of the drop right there? <laughs> and uh, the prefix would be Aikman and Leroy Jordan. Okay, eight five five eight five five two two nine seven. Or Bob Hayes and give me another ninety seven. Jimmy Jones. Um, that was Jimmy Jones. Uh-huh, it was. Well, I wouldn't give you a, Tristan Hill. Tristan Hill would be another one. Yep. Okay. Yep. Give us a call Great and, weeks. and offer up Please another number us. 97 <laughs> from Cowboys history. All that right. means Rob doesn't have to take emails, does he? <laughs> back All at right. the kids' table back in the day? Yeah. yeah. Daniil Hunter. Okay. I have missed on a lot of players in my big green NFL draft scouting notebook. But you're proud about this But one, I am huh? proud about Daniil Hunter. And it to this day and for the rest of his career, it's going to bug me that he went late third round. To Minnesota, and I looked at him. I was going, "How is this guy not a first-round draft pick?" When Where you did he looked play? at him at LSU, he had no production at LSU rushing the passer. But it looked like, and John Chavis was the defensive coordinator at LSU then. When you looked at tape of him at LSU, it looked like he was coached to defend the run first, and especially back then, the SEC was a run-first conference. But you saw glimpses of he could he could go get it whenever. Prompted, okay? Yep. And then his numbers at the Combine were basically right there with DeMarcus Ware, and he slid all the way. And here the Cowboys are. They're drafting Randy Gregory late in the second round mm-hmm. when there's that obvious need for that defensive end. And and it, it was to that point, I was so enamored with him on draft day, I, call, I called his old high school coach who used oh, to be yeah. at DeSoto here, yep. Dave Meadows, who is at Morton Ranch High School in the Houston area down in Katy, and I and I asked him, okay, tell me about this guy, okay, and he was he said, well, he's the hardest working player I've ever. He's an old old uh, Texas high school football coach, and just very matter of fact about everything. And yeah, he's they'll name the weight room after him. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> he's such a hard worker. Uh, I couldn't get him out of the weight room. We'd close, turn the lights out, and he's still in there lifting. And I said, well, okay, so what kind of potential do you think he has in the NFL? All pro. <laughs> <laughs> very, so that sold it for me. You know? Very matter of fact. So was yeah. he there? Did he get overshadowed by uh, Mingo? Were they no, there he at was the before same time? Barkevious Mingo was before him, uh, just slightly Mingo before was him. before? Uh-huh, yeah. Hunter came out in 2015. And um, anyway. Well, and you, and you take Gregory in 2015. What was he, pick 60? Right. Top 15 talent, something like that. Nice yep. ringtone, by the yep. way. And, and <laughs> it's just been the off-the-field stuff. you know. But Gregory at Nebraska showed the talent level of an all-pro type rusher. But they the knew field. they were taking a chance. They yes. knew it. Yeah, right? they knew He's it. He's a top 10 talent. And, yeah. yeah. And 
Um, so anyway, and so now here he is, uh, 48 and a half sacks in basically 42 starts in his career. Maybe one of the most Six. underrated guys in the That's league because right. nobody really talks about him. Right. I mean, you worried about Delvin Cook? I mean, we should be, yeah. I mean, Another he good clearly, team, right? He clearly, you know, they talk about you have an ACL injury and it takes you two years to get back to full form, and he's clearly back at full form now. And you know, in fact, I, that Will McClay breaks him down in the film room on the Jason Garrett show and on DallasCowboys.com. You want to take a look at how the Vikings use this guy, Dalvin Cook. You know, and somebody said, well, they stopped Saquon Barkley. I'm going, yeah, but that was the Giants' offensive line. You know, I, I, this. This, that guy concerns me more so than Cousins. Well, yep. and there's a little bit of a Barkley similarity to me just because he's got 33 catches, too. Yeah. He can help you in a lot, hurt you in a lot of different ways. And Madison, their rookie, too, is a guy that has worked in to the rotation and can get in there and run the ball effectively as well. Um, but, you know, the run defense has been really solid, and Sean Lee's been a big part of that the last couple of weeks. Last couple of weeks, yeah. You know, Kyle Yeomans, our producer, does a terrific job, and he told me there's a couple of callers on the line. I don't do a terrific job of listening, and so... <laughs> Is that why your phone rang? No, it's not why my phone rang. The callers are calling you. <laughs> That's right. They called me, and so I've got to text them to say, no, there's you need to call 888-855-2297. Kyle, tell me again who's on the line. Okay, so you've got Michael from Stanford on the All right. line here. Michael. Hey, guys. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. What's up? Um, I just have a couple questions. Uh, the first one, do you guys think that the Cowboys will do hurry-up offense to try to tire out the Vikings' defense? And my second question is, do you think Sean Lee's played well enough to get another one-year deal next year? All right. Thank you very much. If Sean Lee wants to play next year, then Sean Lee has played well enough. He, and as far as I'm concerned, Sean Lee can play here as long as he wants to play here. I'm with you on that. Yep. And yes to both of your questions. Go hurry up. You sure. Why hurry not? Up. I mean, they've done it. You know, if you're if you're moving the ball uh, and, and you're moving with confidence, then do it. Because you know, it, we mentioned. During the break, a high school team tied at the end of the game, and they went for two points to win. We can go ahead and reveal that team. That was DeSoto <laughs> against Cedar Hill Cedar last Hill. night. I forgot it was Cedar the Hill Battle part. of Beltline, one of the greatest rivalries in Texas high school football. And it all it all sounds good <laughs> when it works, but when it doesn't work and you go three and out, then it's like, well, what did you do? You hurried up and went to the bench. And you're hanging your defense out. To yeah, it's, it's like everybody thinks this hurry up is you know the panacea of football. It's going to solve everything. Well, what if it doesn't work? What's the downside? Well, you go back to the bench and sit. All right, real quick, we're going to go to Hector in New York. Hello, Hector. Hector's doing construction. Hello, <laughs> Hector. Interesting. Yeah. Hello, hello. Yes, hello. Hey, hey, how are you? Hey, sorry, I was doing construction. I'm operating a bull right now. <laughs> See, what did that. I tell you? Uh, hey, no problem. Uh, listen, guys, uh, with Amari being banged up, I know there's a bit talk about Des Bryant being signed. Is it possible to receive a receiver at the moment? Because I know once Amari's gone, man, we struggle in the passing game. Ain't going to happen. So you want him to sign Des? I, I, we need to start another receiver, uh, okay. uh, uh, number one. Like you said, Gallup didn't perform to be a number one receiver. Tavon and Cobb, I don't know about them. 
I don't know. To have protection. I love Dez, but Gallup looked a lot like Dez on that touchdown that he had a couple days ago. That was very yeah. Dez-like. Devin, yeah. And Devin Smith, they, they still have him too, by the way. That's right. I, yes, they do. Don't worry about Michael Gallup. I think it's taken him – It's he, he had surgery. He had and, one and, bad half. And he was out for a little bit, and – He's rounding back into form. I think he's going to be just fine. You know what that reminded me of? What? Uh, Woody Woodpecker? No, one of our local (laughs) talk shows that that evidently some guy was holding, and it was on a a post-game show. And when they finally went to him, and it was like midnight or so, the guy fell asleep. (laughs) But he had his phone on, and all you could hear was the guy snoring. (laughs) And they just let it go, right? They thought, that you know, it's midnight, one in the morning. What the heck? That's funny. (laughs) It's a testament what kind of show, post-game show that was, probably, too. <laughs> All right, we got our picks to click, and who's going to win this game on Sunday night when Talking Cowboys continues in a moment? cheerleaders or your wireless network at&t is america's best wireless network best network based on gws one score september 2019 it's time for tailgating with the otterbox boys the otterbox that builds those crazy protective phone cases yep and now they're changing the side dish game with the otterbox trooper soft cooler lightweight mobile and leak proof Trooper is perfect for blitzing a crowded parking lot with a Frito pie. Amazing. Hey, you think I could fit my seven-layer salmon salad into the Trooper cooler? Yep, but please don't. And that's been tailgating with the OtterBox boys. Learn more about the Trooper soft coolers at OtterBox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download the SeatGeek app and let's go. Seeky. Hey, Cowboys Nation. This season, when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory. Because if the Cowboys win, the next day, Duncan is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys' success from the sidelines. Head to Duncan and treat yourself to real victory. Because this season, Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day, too, with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Duncan. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time offer back to talking cowboys are you traveling this holiday season we'll take jack black along with you if you spend 65 dollars, you get your free travel buddies you get your pit boss antiperspirant or you get the moisturizing bath body lotion use the code travel and you can get those two things free or if you need a gift Get the King of Jacks, the very royal treatment. It'll treat your person you're buying a gift for. So to get all this, go to getjackblack.com. It'll treat your person. Yes. (laughs) Treat your person well with Jack Black. 
All right, uh, Cowboys-Vikings on Sunday night and uh, 7.20 kickoff, of course. And Cowboys in prime time once again. By the way, prime time apparently is a candidate for the Florida State head coaching job. Self-proclaimed, I guess, (laughs) since his network uh, broke the story. Imagine that. What? What a football weekend. We're in November. I'd love this time of the year. We got Alabama and LSU tomorrow afternoon at 2.30 on CBS. That is appointment viewing right there. It is, yep. Aggies are off for me, so no stress. Okay. All right. Now what's going to happen on Sunday night? Okay. About some picks to click, and we're going to get some winners here. Okay. Did we win any last week? That would be the Giants game. I was a winner last week on my pick to click. Who'd you get? I had Jason Witten. Pretty good. Wouldn't you say? Really good. Leading receiver. I think I may have mentioned Blake Jarwin in there, too, based on he was my my 1A. Oh, that's cheating. So you only get to go with one. (laughs) I think I I had D-Law. He did very well. Okay. Yeah. Rob, who did you have? I had Michael Gallup, who made, yeah, well, there you go. He made SportsCenter, so yeah, that's pretty well, good. Well, we all were you very good. Center, that's the <laughs> deciding factor. Who brought us that? I don't remember. I don't remember. I, don't remember. Yeah. I think he took Lil that's, Collins It's because we are like so that. into ourselves that we don't remember that's who the right. other people pick. All right. So who's your pick to click this week, Mickey? I am going to take Michael Gallup. Mm. Because I think he's going to get a lot of single coverage. And you think he's going to show Hector in New York. That's right. That he can be a number one. (laughs) He can be an X, Y, or a Z. There you go. So I'm going Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup. Since I got to go first. Okay. You stole mine, so I'm going to go – I'm going to stick with wide receiver, and I'm going to go with Randall Cobb. Because while we're optimistic Amari can play, Mickey mentioned the single coverage – I just think Cobb is due for a breakout mm-hmm. game, and he's played against this defense a lot. Oh, good point. He's I like familiar that. with Minnesota, and I don't. I've lost track of how many touchdowns he's had called back by penalty. Like Mickey says, the more you lose, the closer you are to winning. Same with touchdowns. He's due for one or two. That's a good one. I like that. Okay, of course do, they're familiar with him too. That's but, fair. Yep. Yeah, go do it. Do it. Do it. Who, who do you think I'm going with? Blake Jarwood. No, 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 no. He was my 1A last. You know what? This goes against my NF, my big green NFL draft scouting notebook. But I'm going to go with Lyle Collins as my pick to click. I thought you were going to take Daniil Hunter. Because he's going up against the guy with the eight and a half sacks. And I think the Cowboys need Lyle, Lyle Collins to play well. And I think he's up to the challenge. He's played a lot of good speed rushers in his career. So this is not something overwhelming for him. So, yeah, I think it, that's if you're circling matchups, that's a big one right there for Sunday night. That's what I'm going to be watching. Okay, so what are you going to be watching? When you're, when you're watching, the, uh, when the Cowboys are on offense, what is it that you're going to be watching for? I will be watching to see how well they take care of the blitzing that goes on. And I'm going to try to remember to write down every time they blitz. And, and you're going to think about your first meeting with Mike Zimmer 40 years ago that's on the right. campus at the University of Missouri. That's probably where he learned to blitz. <laughs> Warren Powers? Uh, Who was the head it coach? was Warren Powers, okay. 79 and 80. How about when you're watching the Cowboys on offense? What is it that you're going to have your eye trained on for the press box? Uh, just the run blocking and how they're how they're 
getting to the second level and moving things with the offensive line, it was a thing of beauty to watch on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I do, I think Zeke's onto something. They're they're finding a groove in that regard. Big challenge this week, but I think they're they're settling into where they the standard they're used to. That the, the way the Cowboys have run the football, really the last two and a half games, even the second half against the Jets game, where they just got into that mindset and they had the backup tackles in that game. I understand that they okay, this is our meal ticket right here. Feed Zeke. Yep. All right, who wins the game? I've got the Cowboys, and in honor of Tony Dorsett's 99-and-a-half-yard run against the Vikings on the final game of the 82 season, so it was January 3rd, 1983, the Cowboys got beat 31-27. Well, that score is going to get reversed. (laughs) Cowboys 31, Vikings 27. Wow. All right. A lot of points in this one. I'm going lower scoring. I'll, I'll go with Dallas 21-20. Mm. It's going to be a slugfest, and it may come down to the last minute. I wanted Seven to, uh, field goals on the... <laughs> could be. You never, by the never, way, never, never I wanted to honor the Hail Mary, but I didn't think it was going to be 17-14. By the way, I mean, closing seconds here, I'm going to go Cowboys 30-20. to Do you realize it's not one, not two, but three games now that the Cowboys have gotten the ball with 27 seconds or less left in the first half and gotten a field goal? Wow. That's stealing a possession. Oh, let me write that down. Three times. It happened against the Jets as well as the Eagles and the Giants. Will it happen again Sunday night against the Vikings? We'll talk about it on Monday on Talking Cowboys.